Welcome to Hey Have You Read This, the weekly podcast where we discuss the latest books from the best writers. You're joined by writer and author Hayley Savark and publicist Madeline Ryan. Hello, Madeline. Hello, Hayley. <laughs> Today we're diving into 138 Dates by first-time author Rebecca Campbell. On the outside, Rebecca Campbell has an enviable life. She is founder of hot Sydney startup Posy.com writes a popular blog and gives inspirational talks at conferences for female entrepreneurs. But when she turns off the light each night, she is alone and terrified of the future. She knows that what's important to her isn't money or startup glory or social media followers. She wants love. She wants a family. And she is stuck. She hasn't been on a date in 10 years. She's too embarrassed to list herself on the internet and can't bear the risk of being rejected she decides to act she'll take the tactics she's learnt building companies and apply them to finding a man her epic journey will take her on dates with 138 different men in sydney new york and san francisco while at the same time confronting the immense challenges of launching a business she'll face exhaustion humiliation and heartbreak she'll meet some strange and dangerous characters and she will strip herself of the ego and expectations that have been holding her back. She will not stop. So, Maddie, why don't you start us off? Have you read this? Thanks, Haley. <laughs> I have read this. Um, I read it pretty quickly. Um, mm -hmm. It's a fair-sized book, and I read it fairly quickly for a non-fiction, I think. Um, I read it in about three or four days, I'd say, which oh, is wow. a you, good amount yeah. of time for me. Okay. Um, I'm not the fastest reader. No, no. <laughs> Everyone will find that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this book. I know a few people probably think it's a bit repetitive mm. because obviously it's 138 dates. It's the real story of Rebecca Campbell going on 138 different dates. Um, so obviously you get a few, you know, you know, a lot of repetition. Yeah. There's, you know, a lot of bad dates. There's some good dates. I feel like you're on um, a carousel a little bit, you know, merry-go-round. Yeah. yeah. And obviously there's a lot more bad dates than there are good mm. ones. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is why she has to go on 138. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there is a happy ending. Mm. There's only 138 dates. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed this book uh, because I felt, and I, you might think differently about this, but I felt like it's the kind of book where no matter what time part of your life you're at, mm. you're going to get something from it. Absolutely. Whether yeah. you're 34 and mm. you're, you know, you've focused your whole life on like prioritizing your career. And then one day you, you wake up and you realize that you want a family and you want to find love. Or if you're, you know, 22 like mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. um, and don't even want to think about guys right now, want yeah. to prioritize my career. So like whatever time in your life you're or if you're young and you want to find mm, love mm. um I feel like there's something that you can take from it whether you're looking at it as something that might happen to you in the future yeah I think that's kind of where you know being very career orientated yes um and not wanting to give up my career for a man mm. or a family right now not wanting to think about that until I'm in my 30s I just found it really yeah. interesting hearing her story because I think possibly could be me in the future yeah so you saw it as more of a this is what I would be like as well yeah like, I would not yes I get for this yeah. I could relate yeah. to like getting lost in your career yes yes because okay. yeah I think you know why why do I go to uni for yeah three or four years if I'm mm. gonna give it up in another five to have yeah. a family yeah 
And that's opened like a bit of a floodgate about that, hasn't it? Because women do give up (laughs) a lot for their careers. Like at the end of the day, we are the mothers if we want to be. Mm. And we are the ones. Yeah, we are the ones that Mm. are going to stay home. And so there is this, you know, so many people, um, scholars and just general people have said women have to get their shit together pretty fast because Mm. at at some point they will need to be, oh, well, I need to be a mother if they want to go down that path. And men don't have that, which is why it's kind of, there's no way. time limit on There's men. There's no time. Whereas yeah. there is with women, and I feel like as soon as you graduate, you have to start thinking about your game yep. plan. Yep. You know, you have whether to get all your ducks in a row, you know? Yeah, yep. whether it is like, you know, me, I don't want to think about that until mm. I'm 30. But mm. then I obviously have to deal with the fact that what if I can't have kids when I'm 30? Yeah. Or yep. what if I haven't found the one by the time I'm 30? Or, yep. you know, all those things that kind of come yeah, with Yeah, because you don't want to have kids with the wrong person either. <laughs> yes, yes. Which is a big topic yeah. in Rebecca's book. Absolutely. She goes into yep. like, uh, I really liked that she used, I really liked that it was a hybrid of business and yes. personal story. I think that, yeah. do you have a different Well, opinion? I kind of. Ooh, like, okay, I, well, okay. I just want to, well, let me just kind of run through my, I guess my yes. review slightly. So I, I took a lot out of this book just like you did because for me, like preface this, I am 30 <laughs> years old and um, in my 20s, I didn't really ever prioritize a career because I was traveling, I wanted to have fun, I was finding myself, I was getting over a lot of traumatic things that happened. And so I, I guess, was always on the lookout for someone. I always wanted Mm -hmm. to meet someone. That was always my goal. It was like, I wanted to have someone in my life. And so her prioritizing her career. And I was like, I can't really relate to this because it's, I I didn't go through that journey. Like in my twenties, I was like, I just want to be with someone. Mm -hmm. Like I always wanted a relationship. So I was like, "Mm, I'm not, you know, I don't really relate to that kind of boss hustle culture. You know, like I'm very, a very slow Mm-hmm. You know, work part-time, do my creative projects, like yes. that kind of thing yeah. for me works. And because I didn't really know who I wanted to be either, that was a really, you know, like um, it was difficult to kind of have a career in that way because I was interested in everything all of the time, you know, like yes. yeah. all at once. Um, whereas someone like Rebecca, she knew exactly what she wanted and she treated the dates um, like a business transaction in yeah. a way of like, yeah interviewing people of yes. which is fine like that's the way you have to approach it yeah. and there's all these conflicting kind of advice out there of like you know like you should be like this you should be like that and she was really confronted with that in the book because throughout her journey she had this idea of what an ideal man was going to mm-hmm. be like he should be tall and all of that and then he yes. went, she went on that date with that guy who was like I only prefer blondes and, and she then, realized yeah. that yes. hang on I'm actually being shallow because I'm wanting someone who's tall. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. You and know? I think that probably, you know, that definitely probably sparks something in a lot of us because, yeah. you know, you don't always want to admit that you might be a little bit superficial yeah. about these things. But um, we are. Like, we live in a superficial culture as well. And especially, yeah. like, Tinder, you know, it's all, like, It's physical. all based on appearances. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the first thing you see is yeah. someone's appearance. Yeah. Yeah. I did find that really interesting. Yeah. Um, I actually was quite surprised that she took an approach of just online dating. Yes. I was very surprised by that, especially mm. because she is, I don't want to say older, but she is in like that 30 to 40. Yeah. Well, it's also because I was like, you, you speak in front of people and you're, you're 
so confident with your career. Like yeah. surely you'd be able to walk confidently into a room and be able to approach someone, like meet men out, you know. Yes. But then again, we like, we don't live in that time. But like you said, like for me, it was like, oh, you're in your, you know, 30s. Like surely t- Tinder is, for me, Tinder is such a young thing. Yes. And it's just, yes. really, it was really jarring. Like, you know, my, one of my good friends, she met her um, boyfriend who's going to be her husband on Tinder. So like there is... They're definitely like success stories. Yeah. It just has that. Well, it's um, a hookup app, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has that um, stigma mm, attached mm. to it, really. Although I think the men that she would, she was after, weren't necessarily. But they, most of them were ripe. You know what I mean? Like they were ready. Yes. For it. Not all of them. <laughs> no, no. And um, yeah, and I think we learn throughout the book that Tinder probably wasn't the best avenue no. for her. And we also hear like um, how she how she was phrasing things on her account probably gave the wrong uh, yeah uh, wrong impression impression uh so one of the one of the main things that i was instantly drawn to with this book was rebecca's vulnerability oh my god yes okay i was gonna yes. c- come into this because i feel like i'm holding someone's heart yes <laughs> you know exactly. yeah. and I, I feel like from like the first second you open the first page you're instantly inside the mind like a realistic mind yeah. of like your average 30 year old woman. Yeah. Just your average woman. Yeah. Like age doesn't really matter. Like she, every insecurity she would have, she lists it down there. And Absolutely. she, um, and I found that so interesting because a lot of the time I was like, wow, like I wouldn't want oh, to share God, that yeah. with someone. Yeah. It's like, a that's very so vulnerable raw. book. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also, one thing that really got me was how vulnerable she painted herself in her work. Mm-hmm. environment as well mm-hmm. from someone who like I feel like when you put so much pressure on your work so obviously my career is like mm. my whole purpose in life mm-hmm. right now at least of course yeah yeah and so if someone was to say I don't think you're very good at this it would kill me mm. it would cut me right to the bone she talks a lot about how um with her first company hey you mm-hmm. she had a board of um directors and a few of them didn't like her yeah. management style. And she was really honest about the things they were saying and about like the chatter that was going mm. on in the office about her position and like little whispers. And I just thought like how brave to be able to say Super brave. people yeah. didn't like how I did this. Yeah. And she even says that she realized she wasn't necessarily good at certain parts yeah. of running a yeah. company. And she needed to figure out how to like fill those gaps. Mm-hmm. Because obviously not everyone can go into you know, can just start a company, know everything about that company. No, that's not, not, that's yeah. not what entrepreneurs do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're ideas people and they need yeah. people to like help put it into practice. Put it into practice. That's exactly um, right. Yeah. But that's just one of the things I just thought like, wow, I don't think I've ever read a book where someone has actually like just written everything on the page. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nothing is off limits. Admitted fault in a way. Yeah. Admitted fault. Yeah. 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 Which would be really hard to do. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's a super brave book. I don't think that I could ever open up the part of me that like went dating with, you know, trying to find someone that's yeah. it's super vulnerable. Yes. And a lot of the, a lot of the pain and that she felt, I really related to as well. Like I felt, you know, like when she was, she was not, I wouldn't say she was desperate to find someone, but she certainly was like this. I, I need, why, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I, find anyone why is yeah. no one interested in me like yeah the henry she well i shouldn't probably oh no he's a fake fictional person isn't he yeah yeah, yeah. Not his real name. there's a there's one date in the book that 
kind of struck out to me a little bit and that was um, a lawyer named Henry that she dated and he didn't like call her back and they mm. had this like great time and everything and she was like oh this is amazing like you know he's going to be wonderful um, and then he never called her back and she was really cut about it you know like she was like this sucks and then she obviously moved on but like I was like oh god I know you know I, I think we all know the sting of rejection yes. you always left wondering why yeah like, I don't, but then also I always think to myself well you can contact him <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is true I yeah I'm a big believer in messaging guys yeah like, I don't yeah. think you have to wait for the guy no, to message you we're not we're in the 21st century now yeah because, yeah. yeah but um no I definitely agree and I yeah. think um I think she also had this I like like we were saying, she had this mm. idea of what her dream guy was going to mm. be like. And he was always going to be very affluent yes. and very successful in his career. Yes. Um, and I think she aimed like a little bit too high with that. She went for like politicians, I know. lawyers, yeah. and it never ended up well. But I think the, the big part of that was that she got her hopes up because she thought, oh my God. And I also think something we should mention is a lot of the time when she was on dates with these guys... She kept thinking, how good do I look on this guy's arm? I know. She yes. was always an accessory on his arm. Yes. It's, yeah. She, she was, was almost she was always... insecure about it or yeah. something. Like she, yeah, yeah. It was an image, wasn't it? Yes. But yeah. I love how even this incredibly successful businesswoman mm. can still have those moments where she falters and goes, yeah. I want to be arm candy for someone. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's what I meant to do in my life. Yeah. And then she realizes, no, that's not what yeah, I want what to I do doing? with my life. But it makes her human. Exactly. And it makes her so relatable. Yeah. And even if you can't relate to it, yeah. it's just incredible hearing about this woman going 138 dates with I different think, men. I know, I know. I think we can all, I think in a way, like, I think, I don't know, I think all, I'm probably generalizing a bit, but it's pretty normal to find someone who's successful, attractive, and think how good my life would be if I dated this person, you know? Mm. Like, no one on earth is going to really see a really successful man who's quite attractive and go, man, I wouldn't look very good with him. You know, yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like exactly. it's just, we're, we're automatically attracted to that, I think, because yes, it absolutely. is an attractive thing to yeah. be successful and to be handsome and all of these things, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to share a quote that I think, um, I don't know. I related most to this quote. Okay. It was, it's like right at the start of the book, we're starting to like get an idea of who Rebecca is. Um, and so she's in New Zealand, which is her, like where she was yep, born. She lives in yep. Sydney. Yeah. Um, but she was born in New Zealand and she's there for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the Christmas that she realizes that she's prioritized her career and she actually yeah. wants wakes know, up to and find she's love. Like... She wakes up and she's like, yeah. it's Christmas, I'm mm-hmm. single, I'm 34. I need to make a change. I think just on that, before you go into that quote, Christmas mm. does highlight how lonely sometimes yes. you can be. Like I remember when Christmas came around when I was single and I'd be like, oh, this is so crap. And even now, like I'm married and Christmas come around and all my friends have kids and I'm like, oh, they're so cute. And then I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I want children. So like, I see all these kids and I'm like, oh, this is so cute. And then we've got our like pissy yes. little Christmas tree in the corner with the dog. <laughs> Why yes. am I missing out? I don't know. You're yeah. always looking into like somebody else's. Well, it's always FOMO. Life. Like people, people with kids probably yes. look at my life and are like, "Oh, yes. she gets to travel and you yes. know, like it's always speaking the other exactly." Way. Speaking of FOMO, so in this part of the book, Rebecca's basically she's going for a walk and she looks into someone's window mm. on Christmas morning mm-hmm. and she sees this family like you know running out of their rooms. The kids are 
unwrapping thing, presents. Um, the parents like sitting there with a cup of coffee, having the chat. And um, this is what she says. If I can find it. <laughs> I feel the corners of my mouth curve into a smile. This is what I love about Christmas. The joy it brings other people like mm. this family. I love Christmas for them. And I love it because one day it'll be me. Yeah. And I really I love loved that. it yeah. because like I I don't necessarily I don't know what my thirties will yeah. have in store for yeah, me. Yeah. But it's so true that you do always like you look into other people's wind. Not literally. I don't literally look into other well, people's metaphorically. Videos. Metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Rebecca did, but Yes, yes. You look into other people's lives and yeah. you think, Wow, one day that could be me, one day I could be married, one yeah. day I could be having a family, one mm-hmm. day it could be this, one day it could be that. Like I feel like that's something everyone does. Yes. I'll share one of um my quotes if we're on this uh, topic of quotes. Mm-hmm. I think it's relevant to bring up the fact that there is there's not a lot of sex in this book but it's it's talked about Ooh, um, i wonder if we're gonna share the same quote <laughs> maybe i think we probably towards are. the end mm-hmm. um but rebecca and i think all i think we're we all guilty of this one, yeah. um but we you know it's been six weeks into dating someone and you think oh you know we probably should have sex now like this is a thing yeah. um or when when do you have sex with someone like so, when's you know, the right people, time yeah well people say you shouldn't have sex in a one night stand and i think that kind of you know, that's that's a very arguable thing, debatable, I guess you could say, that you could go into because it could be right for that person and that, mm. that moment for mm. both those people mm. or it could be not right for both of those people. And it's about how you go into that, you know, both of you. Like men having one-night stands also might not be great for them. Yeah. So we don't, you know, we don't talk about that very often yeah. either. Um, we always put emphasis on the woman you know like one night stands and i just think it's ridiculous yes it's a lot heavier for a woman yeah yeah and so there's always this kind of thing of um sex is almost like a transaction and it's like she wanted it to wanted this to be something really special i think a lot of the time which i really felt for her as well because i also view sex in that really intimate way too and um you know it's obviously fine if people don't um do that yeah. but i think a few times in the book though we do see her um just so ignore those yeah. ignore those values that yeah. she holds very dear yeah and yeah do yeah. things that she's not necessarily comfortable exactly. with because she thinks it makes this great impressive man happy yep yeah, yeah. exactly yeah and we i've been guilty of that you know like doing stupid oh, shit yeah. like that you know yeah. like just being like oh well you know that makes them happy or whatever and i'm just like yeah, because like if, if they're happy, I'm happy kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you want something to work. I wrote this article. Um, I mean, this is a bit off topic, but it's about porn. <laughs> but <laughs> I wrote this article about porn um, a couple of years ago. Well, mm-hmm. last year, actually, not a couple of years. And um, it was about how women feel with um, pornography that they feel... Um, obviously have different emotional attachments to it mm. to men and women often feel like they have to perform mm-hmm. to please the guy or do some wonderful yeah move like but yeah the you know, idea that about has, sex yeah the idea that it has to be a performance it has to be a performance which and i feel it, like yeah. subconsciously you might not even yeah. realize you're doing but you do yeah. feel like i need to perform and i need yeah. to be great for this guy so that he's happy yeah and the article i wrote was kind of um prefacing the idea that a lot of women feel that they get happiness out of the other people being happy. Mm-hmm. So the gratification comes from pleasing the other person. And I think a lot of women are people pleasers. Yeah. I think it's in us um, to do that. So uh, it can be both a good or a bad thing. Anyway, the quote, moving on. 
Um, this is when she meets a man at the end um, who she ends up, well, being with, basically. Yeah. Um, the one. The one, basically. He, he says, because she, uh, she asks him about sex, like, you know, should we have sex, blah, blah, blah. And he says, listen, it's not a performance. Sex is about intimacy. It's about connecting with each other, deepening our relationship. Oh, he holds his lips together like he's trying not to smile. Yes, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. That was that was the quote I was going to share too. Yeah, there you go. Because I read that and I just thought, oh my god, like yeah. Because yeah, I feel like there is such a difference. I mean, we're not a sex podcast, but mm. there is a difference. Nor do we want very to be. real. Yeah, there is a very real difference between two people connecting yeah. and enjoying each other's presence. Yeah, and one person feeling like they have to perform for someone and the other person just like receiving that yeah you know treatment yeah and i think this book is about all of those things so i think this book is about finding connection but it's also you know yeah she's dating people and she's trying to find someone um 138 um dates and she doesn't have sex with all of them obviously but like um she goes on all these dates but in the process of that she kind of finds herself as well and i think that's the biggest Thing that I got out of this book is there was a huge yeah. personal growth journey for Rebecca yes. that she went through and she realized so much about herself and so much about what she wanted and what she didn't want mm-hmm. because I think sometimes we have really strong inherited beliefs of what we want our man to be yeah. and once she kind of went hang on maybe I don't actually want that or maybe that's not what I'm looking for. Maybe I'm looking for someone who's really nice, you know, yeah. who's a good person. Exactly. <laughs> and, and who would have the high a, profile, you know. Yeah, and who would be a good father and who would like, yeah, who would yeah. compromise with parenting and yeah. all those yeah. things. Yeah, like, I agree. Mm, like her therapist said, nice is good to come home to. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So this, so 138 Dates, it is a nonfiction. Uh, I think it's classed as a personal development book. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was very surprised because I'm not the biggest fan of nonfiction. Yeah, neither am I. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't like people telling me how I should live oh, my life yeah, and yeah. how I should improve it. No, yeah. no, thank you. Um, I And I also think it's just so easy to get lost in a fun narrative. Yeah, I agree. Um, but one thing I loved about this book is that Rebecca wrote it like a narrative. Like mm. you could read it um, and and yeah, feel like you're getting lost in this story. Yeah. It's not like a step one of how to find the love <laughs> yeah. of your life. It's not like a dating guide. No. It's just, it's this narrative of this woman's journey to finding love and balancing her career while she does it. Um, and starting a family and mm. it has a very happy ending. Um, and I just, I love that because it made it really easy to read. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It was so easy to read actually. Yeah. You know? And she I wrote know, it first person as well. Yeah. And I know that she, um, she took a lot of, uh, inspiration actually from where the crawdads sing. Oh, did she really? Yeah, she did. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, which I was super surprised. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so she obviously like everyone loves where the crawdads sing. Oh, I haven't read it. Sorry. I, <laughs> I would read it that. on my TBR. I forgot about that. I don't read. Um, I don't read these genres. I'm fantasy. So. Yes. Good. <laughs> Haley will forgive you this time. Um, but in so in where the crawdads sing, we have like so Kaya, the main character. She's very very strong willed and independent. Yeah. But she is painted as this very vulnerable character from the get-go but it's almost like as the reader we don't we don't see her as vulnerable but we understand that obviously in her circumstances she is very vulnerable um and Rebecca really liked that like Mm. she liked the idea and also like the idea of an unreliable narrator Mm -hmm. um 
you know, like where you just kind of want to scream at them sometimes, be like, this person isn't the one for you. Yep. Get out of this date. <laughs> Yeah. You know, this the red this, flags there, man. This man just <laughs> ordered for you, and you're a vegetarian, and yeah. he ordered lamb. Like, yeah. get get out, out of there. Get out. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's that's what kind of like gets people hooked, and I think it's because we are all an unre- unreliable narrator inside Absolutely. our heads. Absolutely, hundred percent. You yeah. know, it's mm-hmm. the difference is we don't all write it down yeah. and have <laughs> thousands or millions of people reading it yeah. afterwards, yeah. being like, "This was a terrible decision." Yeah, very very vulnerable book. Who do you think would enjoy this book? Look, I feel like it's I feel like it's the perfect book because like I said, it's it reads like a narrative. So you don't have to love um nonfiction books to really understand this book. Yeah. Um I feel like every woman should read it. Mm. So when I did my review, I said every like strong, like honest, career-driven, but like also crazy (laughs) sometimes insecure like mess of a woman Mm. everyone should read this yeah another thing i found really interesting about this book um is that uh there's actually quite a few men who have read it if you look on goodreads Mm. there's um quite a few men and they all seem to kind of get it and i think that they read it like what i i have no are they in it like you know well (laughs) so i think a few of them probably would be business people Business, oh, so they probably know men. her um, Maybe. specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, ju- I also just think there are quite a few men who want to hear about this yeah. from a woman's perspective. I like, agree. Obviously, if you're a man who's dating, what better resource to find out like what that's you should true, or should actually, be doing on dates yeah, than that's a really good point. this book. Yeah. Um, but I found that really interesting because, mm. yeah, I would think that it would be purely women. for women. But I guess you can look at it from the yeah. other side of, you know, if you want to get inside the mind of a woman, if yeah. you want to understand what they're thinking or yeah. how your body language is, is perceived. Yeah, yeah. Perceived. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think you're right. Like, I think like we were saying before, my, like this is a book specifically, I guess in a way it was written for career driven, driven women, women. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like I said, I certainly got a lot out of it just reflecting on my like 20s you know when I what didn't have a well, not a career focused person absolutely you know, like just trying to find someone yeah. in general at the end of the day I think one of the biggest takeaways from this book no matter what your situation in life is is just fighting the hookup culture <laughs> <laughs> um, that but also um that nothing good really happens if you sit at home and do nothing exactly and you don't yep. make a change you have to be proactive in everything you do in yeah life. and you yep. don't necessarily have to jump out and go on 138 days no. but you could just decide to go on one day like just push push yourself out of your comfort zone i agree because if you're in your comfort zone nothing's gonna happen yeah you yep. know that was the biggest thing for me yep. i think i yep. yeah i feel like i especially you know with all these lockdowns happening it is easy to fall into like your little hermit kind yeah of kind of situation. yeah well actually you've just sparked a memory from mm-hmm. that so i liked how her screening was that she would call them like she had to call them yeah you know and i like that she had that because i remember when i was dating and all i would have all these like little things of uh things that i would do like i also was like i have to call this person like i don't want to just rock up on a date and i haven't spoken to them before and I have no idea what no they're idea gonna, they're yeah. not going to follow me on instagram they're not going to follow me on facebook i'm going to get their number we're going to do this like the traditional way do you yeah. know what i mean and also like just 
little things that she mentioned that I remembered from when I was doing all my dating stuff, trying to find someone is like not walking into a room with my phone in my hand, like being present in the room, like yes. having my phone away yeah. when you're, I'm out on a date, like really connecting with that person. And yeah. I mean, that's something I still do with like friends and all now, but mm. like these kinds of things I think really helped me find someone like mm. husband mm. and I think she in that book she kind of did her own little bits and pieces that really like she learned from each date until she found yeah her man as yes. well you yeah know? yeah even just like you know um she go, she's a big runner she goes yeah, for a lot of yeah, runs yeah. around Sydney Harbour and even just you know taking out your earphones yep not running with little things like in. that little yep. things like that yeah so you're invite. more approachable yeah yeah obviously yep. she did find love on a dating app though so. yeah yeah well so people have though, like it's a thing. So, Absolutely, yeah. yeah, and I definitely think like it's a it yeah. This is the future. Obviously, <laughs> works for like a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just maybe not my age bracket right now. No, I feel like you're, you, honey, <laughs> they're not you ready. gotta go. No, they're not ripe. <laughs> they are not. They're ripe not ripe for the picking. picking. <laughs> no, not no. that I want to pick them. No, soon. no, just older men is all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> older oh, men. True. Anyway, um. Anyway, I think that brings us to the end of the show for this week. Yeah? Any yeah. closing thoughts about the book? Or? No, I loved it. Um, I think, yeah, every woman should give it a read. Yeah. Yep. If you're a man and you're interested um, to have a peek inside an average woman's mind, mm-hmm. um, how she might feel before or after dates, um, give it a read. Yeah. Um, but no, other than that, like I recommend it to everyone. I gave it five stars. I really loved it. Mm, mm. And I felt like, um, in a very unorthodox way, it got me to get out of my comfort zone and just push myself to just do anything. Just, you know, be confident, just be confident, do something. Um, yeah. Don't like get stuck in yourself and yeah, no, I agree. I think my closing thoughts are pretty similar. Um, although I did give it four stars, and the reason why I gave it four stars—wow, so you hated it? <laughs> just hated everything. <laughs> the reason why I gave it four stars—I um, mean, I'm a pretty harsh reviewer, though, as well. Sometimes mm. I can be because I think things can be cut sometimes. Um, yeah. But the only reason why was because I think you know when I fi- when I finished it, I was like, oh, you know, some of the dates were a bit repetitive for starters, mm-hmm. and that was kind of like, oh, it's just the same thing, but. Also, just like the frustration I felt of like, oh, just get out of there, man. You know, and that's not a very good way to, I guess, review a book in a way. Yeah. Um, to review it based on mm. the character. That, yeah. <laughs> and the unreliable narrative. The unreliable. Yeah. 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 So, um, but it's a, it's a really simple read um, as well. Like I flew through it. Um, mm. Just do, 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 you know. Yeah. There um, are, I, I feel like we've forgotten to mention there is juiciness in this book. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. There, there is, like, uh, very affluent politicians in New mm-hmm. South Wales Parliament mm-hmm. that she goes on dates with and doesn't end very well. And yeah. There's a lot of juiciness. Yeah. Um, and that, I think, is what kept me turning yeah. the page. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, after, like, a bad date. Yeah. I just wanted to, I wanted to get to the next one. And eventually, because she is so open and honest, mm. you really care about her happiness. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. You want her to find yeah. happiness. And so yeah. you keep turning that page. Yeah. Yeah. And then and she, hope finds, she finds it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, you can join us next week, if you like, um, as we discuss The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. I had something. Oh, something that I wanted to say for the ending.
So that brings us to the end of the show. It does. Mm. If you've made it this far, firstly, thank you. Um, it yes. obviously means we haven't bored you. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode, obviously. And if you did like what we were talking about, then please come back next week when we discuss The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Should be an excellent book to read. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. We will see you then. Bye. Yeah, bye. Yeah, that was better. I feel that was like that a lot was better. Good, yeah. It just flowed better. <laughs>